At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular. The guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It is a silver linings edition, a sad one, a frustrating one for the Hornets as they fall in double overtime to the Miami Heat. Final score, 111 to 107. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about a very controversial missed call. There's no getting around it. It is a clear miss by the officiating crew, plus the way the rules are situated. We'll, we'll get into it later. We'll give you the full TikTok and breakdown of it. But the bad news is the Hornets are left uh, with little recourse other than to just have to move on and hope that it doesn't come down to one game in the standings, even though as tight as things are, it certainly well could. We're also going to talk about what's coming up next for the Hornets. Namely, the All-Star break, break for most, not for one. LaMelo Ball will be at work. We'll talk about his schedule, which starts today in the Rising Stars series of games. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. And Rob, I'm going to force us to hold the controversial call until later in the podcast. Hornets losing 111-107 to to the Miami Heat. This is a game that had some real high notes for the Hornets. Uh, a solid first quarter offensively, scoring 30 points. Yes, the Heat scored 37, but they were in fuego, to say the least, in that quarter. But then Charlotte turned things up a notch, holding the Heat to not one but two sub-20-point quarters in the second and third. And then in overtime, making some clutch plays throughout. I think, ultimately, you look back, there were free throws to win the game that were missed, both in regulation as well as the very end of the first overtime. So you have to put this one on your own shoulders. But certainly, this is a frustrating, heartbreaking loss that sends the Hornets now to two games below 500 for the first time since, I think, December, maybe even earlier than that for Charlotte. 
there's a multitude of things that you can take a look at. Of course, we'll get into everything a little bit later about what should have been and what could have been in terms of officiating. But, you know, the free throw shooting is definitely one thing. Montrez Harrell had a chance to hit two with 1.5 seconds left, just couldn't get the second one to fall. Gave Miami a look to win it at the end of the first overtime period. And then the three-point shooting in the second half went extremely cold. 0 for 12, I believe, in the third and the fourth quarters. Ended up hitting a three in the first overtime and a three in the second overtime as well for, I think, I want to say about two for 18 collectively, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head. So, you know, a couple of things that could have went one way or the other, and it's one of those games where one point could have made a huge difference at one juncture of the game or the other. That's where your free throws come in. That's where your three-point shooting comes in, and it all resulted in a loss, unfortunately, for the Hornets. I see you uh, towing the line on what we weren't supposed to talk about. Oh. Pun, pun intended. A pun intended for that one. Charlotte falls a little bit short. 111 to 107 ended up being the final. But uh, you're right, Rob. It ended up being a really one point. Truly was the difference in this game. Head coach James Borrego afterwards talking about the squad's effort. Yeah, I'm proud of the effort. I think our guys battled to the last second. We never gave in. I thought we played extremely well tonight. And uh, just proud of the effort. I think the guys played well. We'll decompress for the next five days and get back together and uh, get ready for the final 22. But this group has been through a lot so far, and uh, I love the way they responded tonight. Everybody went after it. All-Star break comes at a really good time. Rob Longo, uh, the Hornets, it's clear they have lost nine of their last ten. That is as bad a slump as we've seen for this franchise really since the tail end of last season where injuries were more the culprit. Here, it's just bad shooting. I thought the Hornets had worked their way out of it. I honestly did in that first half when Kelly Oubre caught fire and the team established a pretty sizable lead, up seven on a good Miami Heat team at intermission, then started the third quarter relatively well as well. But the team went the third and fourth quarters with out making a three. That is a serious problem for this squad. Once again, they shoot not only below 33%, they shot below 25% from deep. Ended up going 10 for 42 in this one. And while each and every game on this losing streak, you can look at the opponent and say, hey, good opponent, tough circumstances, you can explain this one away. Losing the Clippers, Boston, Cleveland, Miami, Toronto, Chicago, Memphis, Minnesota, Miami, what do they all have in common? They're all playoff teams, but if you're going to make the playoffs, you got to beat playoff teams. So I still think it's the bad three-point shooting, which hopefully will come around, but the frustrations continue here for this Hornets team. Before we get to silver linings, though, while we feel a bit down in the dumps, the good news is the players don't. There is still a lot of confidence in that locker room. Here's Miles Bridges after the game on what kind of team he is on, and it newsflash is not a slumping one in his mind. I see ourselves as contenders, you know. All those teams you just named, we've been in – We've been in close games. We won against them. We beat the 76ers. We beat the Bucks. We lost to the Heat in, in double overtime. So we could definitely compete with those teams. We just got to get our stuff together and we'll be good. I love the confidence from Miles. He had a brilliant game last night, 29 points and 11 rebounds, a double-double for Sky Miles. That is the 27th of his NBA career. Time for Silver Linings. Rob Longo, you go first. I got to go with the guy that is setting records left and right in LaMelo Ball. LaMelo driving into the traffic, puts up the runner, got it! Pass the foul! Magisterial LaMelo puts the Hornets up one. 
LaMelo Ball finishes with a triple-double last night. He now has the most triple-doubles in a season in franchise history. He now has five, of course, six in his career. He passes Anthony Mason, who had four in a 1996-1997 season for Charlotte. And to take it one step further, LaMelo Ball now has more triple-doubles before turning 21, six, of course, than LeBron James did before he turned 21. LeBron had five. So he keeps climbing the ladders a little bit there when it comes to triple-doubles, stats, numbers, whatever you want to take a look at it. And the most impressive thing, I think, from LaMelo, too, was the fact that he played the second half pretty much with four fouls. He picked up his fourth foul not even two minutes into the third quarter, and he didn't foul out until the 210 mark of the second overtime. So he played an extremely long period of time. He was on the floor a lot in that fourth quarter, and of course, in the overtime periods as well with five fouls. He did a great job playing defense about the best that he possibly could. Again, we'll get into officiating later, but they were letting him play a little bit there down the stretch, and he was still able to be physical and still, you know, try to impede a couple of players while they were still trying to go to the rim. The other silver lining thing I want to touch on real quickly is the defense in the second quarter. Charlotte only allowed 10 points for Miami in that second frame. That is a season low for the Heat this year. I didn't get a chance to this. I'm going to tack it on one more time. This is not a silver lining, obviously, but another thing to take a look at in that third quarter, both teams scored fewer than 20 points. Each team scored 17 points in that third quarter. Neither team shot the ball very well. Charlotte was 3-19 from the floor, 0-7 beyond the arc, 11-14 from the free throw line in the third quarter alone. Miami 7-24 from the field, 3-13 beyond the arc, 0-2 from the free throw line. So the free throw shooting, even though it ended up being a demise for the Hornets, kept them in the ball game there in the third quarter as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at the box score and the, and the Hornets, the free throws that are magnified were certainly big, but Charlotte got to the line a lot. They sunk a lot of free throws. 21 for 30 is not the numbers that you really want as an NBA team, but there were quite a few clutch ones in there that the Hornets were able to capitalize to force overtime and then double overtime against an elite, elite opponent. One other thing on LaMelo Ball, as you mentioned, the franchise record for triple-doubles in a season. He also moves into the top 90 in all of NBA history, tying Hall of Famers like Dave Cowens and Rick Barry, who will be coaching one of the opposing sides in the Rising Stars Challenge coming up for the Hornets reigning Rookie of the Year and All-Star. So uh, maybe as he's on his way out there uh, and getting ready for the Clorox Rising Stars, he can let Rick Barry know, hey, uh, Hall of Famer, I'm tied with you now and triple doubles uh, with six on his career. One other thing real quick on LaMelo, only member of the starting five, a positive in the plus minus. Did a lot of really good things out there throughout the game, finishing with that triple double. All right, my silver lining for this one, a guy who's been inserted into the starting lineup, P.J. Washington. LaMelo, one-on-one with Robinson, driving. Stops on the baseline, gives to a cutting P.J. Washington, who rises and throws down the two-handed jam. P.J. has been given some new life here, I think, with this deal for Montrezl Harrell. It slides him back to the power forward position. Whether he will start long term when once guys are healthier, I don't know. But I think he's going to be more in a natural position. He's still going to play a lot of minutes. He's a really good shooter who did have an off night, 0 for 4 from deep. But he can stretch the floor. He does a lot of good things out there for the Hornets. And uh, I thought his defense was big for Charlotte, whether it was helping in the post on a Bam Adebayo or being the primary defender at times on Kyle Lowry. P.J. Washington had a really strong game. Double-double, 15 points, career-high, 14 rebounds. I thought he had a really good contest. Also, tip of the cap to the the youngsters for the Hornets. J.T. Thor, James Booknight, both played really productive minutes combined for only about 22-23, but Booknight in his seven minutes on the floor, a plus 14 without taking a shot. That speaks to the kind of impact he had there. He did have a a great lob to Montrez Harrell. And J.T. Thor, I thought he was really solid out there as well, just kind of becoming cogs in the machine and helping 
helping things move. Really, everyone off the bench had their moments. Montrez Harrell, huge day, 24 points. Kelly Oubre, 15 points, made those four threes in the first half, but ultimately, Hornets do fall a little short. As we mentioned a couple of times, there is a controversial call that we have to get into. We will give you the TikTok of it and give you our thoughts on it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, and it's a rarity when we do these post-game podcasts, Rob, together to uh, take two segments on a game, but there's a call that's big enough that's reverberating through social media enough that I think we have to address it. Hornets fall 111-107 to in double overtime, but there is a clear missed call by the officials that, had it been overturned in real time, certainly influences the game and how it's played, and if you just change that one score, it does change the overall outcome outcome in the Hornets' favor. The play we're talking about comes with about two minutes left in overtime. Kyle Lowry takes a step back three that is ruled a three. The reality is his foot is on the line. There is no question about it. It is clear as crystal. The replay shows it. His foot is on the line the line. After the game, there is a pool report of the great Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer talking to the crew chief, Sean Wright, who was not the official standing right in front of Kyle Lowry. There was one there, but he asked him, point blank, why was the three-pointer by Kyle Lowry at 203 not reviewed? Crew chief Wright, by rule, the basket by Lowry must be reviewed at the next clock stoppage, which was at the two-minute mark. Once the ball was inbounded by Charlotte, by rule, the window to review the shot was now closed. Now, keep this in mind. The Hornets inbounding the ball, he's talking about immediately after the made basket. There's not a foul. There's not an infraction. That's just play on. So it's on the officials in that exact moment to call for the review. Next question here. Replays clearly showed Lowry's foot over the line. Why was more caution not exercised and a review called for by the crew to ensure the ruling is correct? Crew chief right. The crew has to have doubt in order to stop the play. Unfortunately, we did not have doubt at this time, which is the reason we didn't stop the play. Question. So you have to have doubt? Crew chief right. We have to doubt it to stop the play. This is an egregious error, Rob Longo. Now, the mechanics of this. The first 46 minutes of regulation, you don't have to have a stoppage. You don't have to call for a review. There are officials watching from Secaucus. They're reviewing every play, and they are allowed to go back in time and say that two was a three, that three was a two, the clock had actually expired. They can make those changes on clear right or wrong calls that are clear as crystal. Time is there. They have all the time in the world. They don't need to be asked. In the final two minutes, in overtime, if it's close, they are supposed to stop the play. And this one wasn't close. His foot is halfway over the line. And he, the officials there, just kicked it. Not only kicking it in calling it a three when it was a two, but kicking it in terms of not realizing that it was close enough that it demanded a review. Now, where were we in the game when this happened? That three by Kyle Lowry takes a two-point Hornets lead after an and-one brilliant one by LaMelo Ball and makes it at the point with that three 
a one-point game. So if you take it back, it's a tie game now. Miles Bridges goes to the other side of the floor. He knocks down a three to answer. Kyle Lowry makes a layup. Lowry makes a three-pointer later. P.J. Washington driving layup. Montrez Harrell fouled with 1.7 seconds to go. At that point in time, the Hornets trailed by one with Montrez Harrell at the line for two. This does not change the fact that Montrez Harrell had a shot to win the game. Would have either way. But what it does mean is he should have had two shots to win it instead of one. Last thing for me before I let Rob chime in, and we'll hear from head coach James Borrego as well. The game depends on situations. What you do depends on the score. So Miami could have approached any number of the possessions after that differently based off having one less point, as the Hornets would have too. But the fact that this was incorrectly called in overtime in a game that goes to double overtime that takes a point or adds a point to Miami is just egregious, and it it can't and shouldn't happen. With all the replay rules out there, the fact that this is a hole that this game fell into that ends up costing the Hornets, it shouldn't happen. If that same play happens at 2.02 of the fourth quarter and not overtime, it's changed. If the official says, hey, I'm not sure, it's looked at, it's changed. It's not close. So the fact that this one couldn't be fixed is glaring and probably should force the officials and whoever looks at these things to consider a rule change. Is two minutes too wide a berth to give the officials or to give coaches or whoever it is to fix this? Because if you say it's within one minute or 90 seconds, it has a huge impact on this game. That's the thing that irks me the most, is that for 46 minutes of the game, you're playing pretty much, more or less, in a different kind of circumstance than the final two minutes in overtime. That's the thing that I don't like the most is just because I understand it. I get why because it's the last two minutes and all that stuff. But at the same time, if you look at other sports, if you look at the NFL where it's these automatic booth reviews and that sort of thing, you know, why can't it be like that in the NBA? I understand they're trying to cut down on reviews because they want to control the flow of the game better. And I get that. But, you know, even if you go all the way back to the first quarter of last night's game, Charlotte had to burn its timeout with four seconds left to go in the first quarter because LaMelo Ball got called for an offensive goaltend when the ball was clearly not on the cylinder and there was a defender's arm through the rim literally with his hand in a cookie jar blocking the shot and then they were able to put those two points back on the board so to me that was kind of annoying that it was something that should be clearly reviewed in a sense when points are involved that the Hornets had to burn their challenge so early and then get it right and then pretty much not have a challenge for the rest of the game so I understand those are two different situations but it just needs to be this blanketed rule throughout the game no matter what time it is if it's last two minutes if it's overtime I don't care they need to be the same rules that you play from the opening tip all the way to the final buzzer to that end Kyle Lowry in the first quarter got them to review a clear path foul just by arguing it to the officials until they looked at it the Hornets bench was clearly arguing this one to the officials to look at it, and they didn't. So listening to a six-time All-Star with 15-plus years in the league, but not listening to the head coach on the other side, that is very frustrating. Speaking of the head coach, here's head coach James Borrego after the game on the controversial call. I believe all those are reviewable, and you can stop the game. You know, I'm not sure exactly the time on that, but you know, that's the official's job to correct that, and it's even close. My guess is they're trained for that. If it's even 50-50 or if it's close, you know, I don't know 50-50, but if, it's, if there's any doubt at all, you go review it. Again, I don't know the, 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 the time and the situation right there, but that's very correctable. 
extremely frustrating. This is the second time in this losing trend that Charlotte's had a game that I think afterwards the two-minute report, the overtime report, is going to say Charlotte should have won. The other was the Cleveland game where they did review whether or not Kevin Love was fouled in the act of shooting or on the floor when the Hornets had a foul to give. It was ruled after review that he was in a shooting motion. Then the next day it came out that it was actually on the floor in the two-minute report. How you review something and still get it wrong is beyond me. But to me, this is more egregious because those are judgment calls that the officials are making. And they're the best in the world, including this crew. They're the best in the world at what they do. That's a judgment call that they have to make in the moment. I don't fault them for getting it wrong. Because it'll all even out in the end of eternity, I guess, even though some games are more important than others. But to have something so blatant, his foot's on the line or not, it's a two or it's a three, and to know the answer to the question and know that they got it wrong and can't fix it and that it cost the Hornets inevitably a game, that is extremely frustrating. So, Hornets, 29-31. and 31. At the end of the day, all they can do is move on to the next one. JB said later on in his postgame last night that, you know, there will be a two-minute report and we'll move on. And so we will as well because there's good news on the horizon. Hornets have an All-Star and his program for All-Star Weekend begins today. We'll talk about LaMelo Ball and what he has in store for himself Sunday in the All-Star Game and today in the Clorox Rising Stars next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Yeah, I mean, I seen that it was a two. I asked, I asked the ref, I said, they said it was two possessions ago, so it was, it was past the time where they could go back and change it. Um, but that was definitely big. I mean, I, we, we could have won the game, but it didn't go our way. We just got to move on. Like I said, just take this all-star break just to re- reflect, appreciate the good things in life, and get back to basketball. All right, I know I promised we weren't going to talk about the call anymore, but Miles Bridges there putting it all into perspective. There's more important things to life than basketball. He's going to get some time with his family, as we all will finally here after 60 games and a grueling schedule. A week off to relax. Well, Almost all of us have a week off to relax. One guy has to go to work. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here on the Hornets Hivecast. Actually, we do, too. we got a bunch of podcasts to put out. We'll get to that later. LaMelo Ball, he's going to be in All-Star Weekend. He'll play in the actual game itself on Sunday. And today he is in the Clorox Rising Stars series of games. They've changed the format again. I kind of like it. You're going to have a a four-team bracket. Each team has seven players. And LaMelo Ball somehow, once again, was the third overall pick. It was lucky the first time he ended up being rookie of the year. Maybe he'll end up being MVP of the Clorox Rising Stars. How it's going to happen is his team, Team Gary Payton, will take on Rick Barry, the Hall of Famer, whom LaMelo just tied for career triple-doubles with six. So those two squads are going to go head-to-head. Should make for a very interesting matchup. Team Barry is anchored, of course, by Evan Mobley, the superstar and one of the favorites for Rookie of the Year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, he is a, a superstar. This is a very big team, Barry, that also includes Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick from Detroit. Team Peyton, of course, starring LaMelo Ball, also included on that team. You've got Scott Henderson, clutch shooter from G League Team Ignite. 
And uh, there's just there's a lot of talent out there, but LaMelo Ball is certainly the showstopper. That begins the uh, program, so to speak, for All-Star Weekend. Rob Longo, you're going to be attending the Rising Stars Challenge here today. What are you looking forward to most about seeing LaMelo in this All-Star format? Well, the first thing that I'm really excited for is I get to watch LaMelo Ball in person. Usually I'm stuck here in the studio, chained to the desk. I'm watching him normally through the monitor like everybody else would be at home watching on TV. So I'm really excited to see Melo in person. I mean, of course, I've watched him practice and that sort of stuff and warm up, but it's different when it's in a game-like atmosphere. So I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see how this format works because it's kind of unknown a little bit in a sense. Of course, we got these four teams. They get separated. They go play each other. And then you got the championship, but then you got some skills competition stuff involved there as well. LaMelo Ball will not be participating in that. But overall, I'm just really excited to see how this format works, how we get some target score endings and see the intensity that kind of happens when you get down the stretch like we've seen in the last couple of All-Star games. So all in all, really excited to see what LaMelo can do with some of these players that are some of the just the best young talent in the game. Of course, his roster has been reconfigured a little bit due to some injuries. But overall, I'm just really excited to see what LaMelo can do on a national stage like this. Like we've talked about several times, times on the podcast he is one of those guys just his style of play just it's made for an all-star weekend Lamelo ball the first game of this uh rising stars clorox rising stars it's going to have Lamelo ball and his team again going up against rick barry's team team payton versus team barry target score is 50 first team to 50 elam ending will win that one and move on to the final they'll play the winner of team isaiah versus team worthy and once Lamelo squad does it the winner of that game is the first one to 25 uh, we've talked about this a little bit before but player i'm most looking forward to seeing Lamelo play alongside is scotty barnes he's a high flyer great athlete uh, I think he's going to be on the opposite end of a lot of lobs here for LaMelo Ball. I also think we'll see more defense in in this one. I think in the fourth quarter of All-Star games, you tend to see teams turn the screws and actually play a real basketball game akin to All-Star games of yesteryear. So I think because of the Elam ending, because of the target score, teams just start to play harder for those moments. And because there's a target score at the onset here, I think we'll see more defense throughout. Might take a couple of possessions to get there, but uh, between Jaden McDaniels of the T-Wolves as well as Scotty Barnes of the Raptors. There's a couple of lob threats there for LaMelo to throw to, and I think he's going to have a a really fine showing later today in the Rising Stars. He'll also play in the All-Star game itself, but we'll save that preview for another day couple of housekeeping notes for you. Again, we will have another podcast tomorrow breaking down the Rising Stars game as well as previewing a little bit uh, that uh, All-Star game itself with LaMelo Ball on Team Durant playing with the big boys, so to speak, the fourth youngest player ever to do so in NBA history. We also have a special guest coming up later on here in the All-Star break. We're going to talk to Hornets general manager and president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak. He's going to join us just before we... uh, head into the so-called second half of the season, the stretch run, before we get ready to preview the game against the Raptors on Friday the 25th. Thursday the 24th, we'll have Mitch Kupchak for you here on the Hornets Hivecast. So, looking forward to all those. Looking forward to a little breather. Rob, you enjoy the Clorox Rising Stars here later on tonight, as well as a couple of days of well-earned rest and relaxation. We hope all of you enjoy a nice all-star break, come back refreshed and ready to go, because the stretch run's going to be awful exciting. The Hornets, despite all this disappointment nine losses in their last 10 games they still have 22 games left to decide where they'll sit in the standings and everything is available for them this Hornets team despite all this disappointment seven straight losses at home nine losses overall in their last 10 games they're still in the top 10 they're still 
only three games back in the loss column from Brooklyn to get into that 7-8 game. So everything is on the table, and we look forward to covering it all for you then. For Rob Longo and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.